Cover two. Hey guys, welcome to the Cover 2 Fantasy Football Podcast. We're here today with my man, Hooman. How's it going? Hey, how's it going, Will? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Today we're going to talk about two conferences, the AFC and NFC East. And we're just going to go through some draft needs, some team needs, and you know, let's see who is going to improve their team in this 2021 draft. Um, you got anything to add about that, Hooman? Yeah, so when we're talking about draft, we're talking about we're going to be talking about what the teams, these specific teams, need in the NFL rookie draft. Um, we're not talking about your fantasy drafts that will be coming up in August. Uh, those are what you'll kind of want to pay attention to this draft, the NFL draft, the rookie draft, to see how those teams will get affected. If you've got, a, especially if you've got a keeper, or a dynasty player, or someone that you've been targeting, and your team, that team ends up drafting a player in that same position with high draft capital, that'll affect that player's position going into the future season. So that's why you got to pay attention. You got to really be in tune in this rookie draft for the NFL season to see how that's going to affect you either in a good way or in a bad way. And very true. And, and we've seen, you know, the running backs, especially wide receivers last year that really made an impact on some teams. So um, let's get started. Uh, we're going to start with the Bills. Um, we talked very, you know, we've talked about the Bills a lot in our last couple episodes. You know, Josh, uh, Josh Allen and, and uh, Stefan Diggs, they are uh, dynamic pieces that they already have. Um, but it looks like to me that the Bills really need some defense, especially up front as an edge rush. If they don't uh, go after that in the first and the second round, um, I could possibly see them, you know, just trading back and, and trying to get some more picks. I don't think that running back is going to be something that they um, are going to go after in this draft, being that they wasted, or not wasted, they, they used two picks in the last four years, and they just brought Matt Breida in. So I don't see that happening, but, you know, it's a possibility that they could go crazy maybe in the late rounds to get a running back. Uh, it's a pretty good running back class. I feel like our running backs, our quarterbacks especially, um, some great class this year in 2021. Um, but I think the biggest thing that's going to help your fantasy team and the Bills is the tight end position. Yes, they brought in Jacob Holster. They have and re-signed David Knox. But I really think that if they want to you know, strike it big, they really need a pass-catching tight end to help you know Stefan Diggs get a little bit down the field or get a little bit guys off him in the slot and I really like Brevin Jordan from Miami he is dynamic um, you know Tommy Treble is pretty good from Notre Dame as well but you know Brennan uh, Jordan ha had a good season um, he struggled only because of quarterback play because his quarterback play was inconsistent but when uh, King was throwing the ball he had an amazing year and I I really like them going and pinpointing probably defense a lot, but if they do want to make a big splash, especially for your fantasy team, uh, I think a tight end is big for the Bills. I think that's a good find there, and I could see them totally investing maybe mid-round or late uh, draft capital into a tight end to upgrade that offense to a whole other dynamic level than they already were at this year. But I think you hit the nail on the head as far as them really targeting defense in this draft and not not possibly getting too many fantasy value pieces out of this draft uh if 
in that first round, if for some reason one of those two first-round running backs, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne, fall to that spot, I would think they would you know, be sprinting to the podium with that card with one of their names on it. But I think you're, uh, you're pretty spot on with your, your assessment there. So let's uh, keep staying in the AFC East, and I'm going to talk about the New York Jets. They're sitting with the number two pick, and I'm going to focus really right there because that's going to have some serious fantasy ramifications. I, I, think, I don't think it's a secret that Zach Wilson is going to be the guy here. He's the next best guy, next best quarterback after Trevor Lawrence. And some are even saying that he may be on par with Trevor Lawrence after his pro day and after the body of work he's put in over at BYU. The Jets have been pretty busy this offseason. They brought in Corey Davis, uh, Keelan Cole, and Tevin Coleman on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think that's a clear signal that, hey, we are ready to go. They've got some existing pieces there that were pretty decent under Sam Darnold or with Sam Darnold. You've got Adam Gase, uh, you know, part of the equation still in that regard. But will Darnold be the guy going forward? I don't think so. I think he is going to maybe bridge a little bit here for Zach Wilson to make that transition there. And then you're going to be looking at those fantasy pieces with Zach Wilson in place. How is he going to be? He is a somewhat mobile quarterback. Is he going to provide you any ground yards? He's definitely going to put up some air yards. I think the the era of rookie quarterbacks not producing or not at least putting up some fantasy values kind of gone. I think that ended about five years ago to where now that you do get a fantasy, uh, I'm sorry, a rookie quarterback playing and starting, they're going to provide you some fantasy value. So I think Zach Wilson is someone that you could target in a fantasy draft late. I'm talking really late, maybe with a 20th pick if you, you're in a deep uh, keeper league or even maybe picking them up off the waiver wire going into week one. Uh, I don't I don't know if people are really going to be too keen on taking the Jets quarterback, but I think he could pay off the, as the season goes on with a lot of the pieces they had in place there. Because like we saw, the Jets, they were a terrible team, but they, they hung around in games last season. Their, their offense, you know, had some moments where it shined. And I think Zach Wilson could be that that polishing touch that they need there. Yeah, I do agree with you there. I mean, um, you, you hit the nail that they were offensively in many games. So yeah, I was thinking for, you know, their second pick, cause we do know that their first pick is going to be uh, Zach Wilson, but um, they pick, I think in 16 or in the, the middle of the, uh, the first round. Um, and I love, I love Asante Samuel, Samuel Jr. Getting a cornerback. If you can get him there. Um, it's really strange this draft because offensively, I think that's very heavy. I think there might be people trading up, um, but if you can get one of the best cornerbacks, in this draft, I, I think you take them. Um, and then, like, yeah, they're said, actually they're at the 23rd pick. Oh, the 23rd? So, yeah. Asante Samuel, I think, is someone that can probably be had in the second round. Uh, I could see them still investing offensively here in with that second pick. Uh, I could see maybe even if one of those running backs are there, one of those tra- uh, Travis Etienne or Najee Harris, then they could upgrade the running back position because they don't really have a whole lot back there. They've got uh, Samaj Pirine, uh, and that's about it because Frank Gore is no longer there. So, oh, I'm sorry, LaMichael Pirine, not Samaj Pirine. Uh, so that's a position where I see they could maybe they could maybe go offense-offense in that first round. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, very true, very true. And, and – um, they may even take another receiver. I know they just brought Corey Davis in, but you never know um, with the Jets. Um, 
But we'll move on to the Dolphins. Dolphins, as we know, have been very busy in free agency for this draft, um, going from 3 to 12 to 6. And it's a very interesting spot um, at 6. I, I think, you know, that they are going to take a wide receiver. Um, that's what a lot of people are saying they're going to do. Um, they do need some offensive linemen. That is a big need of theirs to keep uh, Tua safe. Um, and I feel like they really need a Jakeem Grant type that's bigger, all right, and that can do all the punt returns. And I think that's Devontae Smith, and I think that's who they're going to go after. Um, Pitts is, is just killing it. He had that huge pro day. I don't think Pitts is falling to them at six. And so if they if Pitts was there, it's a possibility that they go Pitts. But I'm going to say that they're going to go Devontae Smith in this pick. And then they'll try to get some offensive linemen because they really do need um, a better offensive line. Yeah, Miami, I think, is one of the, the teams of the group that we're doing today that is kind of ahead on the curve. They've got a defense that's already locked and loaded. I mean, you don't really have to invest a whole lot of draft capital in that defense. You can get some depth later in the rounds. So that means they can focus a lot on the offense and building and giving Tua some depth at receiver, some depth at running back, some maybe some starters on the offensive line. Uh, you hinted at it. If Kyle Pitts does happen to get to number six, that's not depth at the tight end. That's upgrading the tight end, upgrading his weapons. So I think they're in a position, and obviously with all the trades that they made, they have tons of draft capital and early round capital to where they're going to be getting relevant fantasy relevant pieces. They're going to be getting starters on that offense. They're going to maybe even add some starters on defense. We'll, we'll see what happens there with them. Well, do you, do you think that now after the pits workout and everything, do you think that they regret in a way trading back? No, not at all. They, they acquired a first round pick next year. They got a third round pick this year. They've got Gasicki there. Um, if you look ahead of them, the only other team that I could see taking pits ahead of them right now is Atlanta, um, with that number four pick, which it totally makes sense on paper. They, they did bring in, uh, who'd they bring in this past year? Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Hayden Hurst. That, that, that's not, that pales in comparison to a Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. Now, the only thing I could see happening with the Falcons is that maybe they do want to get a better off. They want to upgrade their offensive line. Maybe they do want to help that defense because we know what's been the issue with the Atlanta Falcons and the running joke in the NFL, the last couple of years or last handful of years, they choke, they get a lead and they choke it away in the fourth quarter and that's on the defense. So at that number four spot, you don't really have anyone that could be the defensive player that they would take. So maybe they will be, you know, uh, one of the teams that is going to be the, as far as the trade hub where people are looking to jump into that fourth spot to take Kyle Pitts if the Falcons are willing to pass on him. Uh, so what we're going to talk about next here is we're moving on to, is it the Patriots, Will? Yep, the Patriots. Yeah, so let's talk about the Patriots. Uh, they're in a pretty unique position. Uh, they've made a lot of moves here in the offseason that have helped. They've upgraded their team. They've got players coming back from COVID. I think we talked about this earlier in one of our earlier podcasts discussing them. They, they did some great moves in free agency. They're in good position everywhere except for quarterback. Yeah, they did sign Cam to a one-year deal. It's one year, and I believe it's only $3.5 guaranteed. I've been of the thinking since 
we since it was pretty obvious that they weren't going to make the playoffs that new england would be targeting one of these quarterbacks in the first round here they're sitting currently at 15th i don't think that's going to stay i think they're going to end up trying to move up to get one of the top five qbs in this draft one of the big five qbs um justin fields is dropping right now and if Justin Fields drops out of the top 10. I could see them making a move to that 11th or 12th or even 13th pick, moving up a few spots to take Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields doesn't make it to them, then I could see them staying put at number 15 and maybe taking a flyer on a guy like Kyle Trask. I definitely think they do need to upgrade the wide, I'm sorry, the tight, I'm sorry, the quarterback position along with the wide receiver position. Yeah, they did bring in Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I think they're they're in a decent posi- position with the wide receivers, but I think they do need to actually draft someone in there. Uh, we could be maybe looking at a, if a Jalen Waddle drops down. I don't think he'll make it down to 15, but he could be there. Uh, some of these other wide receivers in the first round, uh, Kadarius Toney, another Flor- a Florida guy that could be available. I, I think drafting him at 15 would be a little bit too high. So that's why I don't think Belichick's going to sit at 15 because – the other glaring need besides quarterback is wide receiver or even a running back. And I, I think those are sitting at 15. That's too high to invest into one of those positions to where I think they're just going to go in. They're going to go for it. One of these top five quarterbacks, one of these big five quarterbacks and move up and try to get either a fields or a Mac Jones or, or even settle for Kyle Trask. I a hundred percent agree with you. I had that basically all written down thinking about it was, is that if Fields is there, it's what I've seen some mock drafts is at 11, that they would move up. I just don't know how, after watching him play, um, the, just in the playoffs, you know, for college football playoffs, just him playing those college football playoffs, why you would not think that he's a winner and you should want him on your team. Yeah, so, it blows my mind too, Will. I, I still got Fields as my third, maybe fourth quarterback in this draft. I've got him ahead of Trey Lance. Trey Lance is the darling from North Dakota State that, to me, he's a project. Uh, That's, if we kind of go back, and I know Atlanta is not our team that we're talking about right now, but if Trey Lance gets past the top three, I could even see Atlanta taking him at four because you've got Matt Ryan in place and Trey Lance is a project and Matt Ryan could work with him for a couple years. So that kind of would shake things up as the draft goes on. But Fields, to me, is polished. He's been a winner, like you said, for years. He's played against great competition. He had an excellent pro day, ran a sub 4 4 uh, He's got everything you need. And if, if he lands on the Patriots, I mean, this is going to be the evil empire 2.0. I think Belichick has made these moves in the off season. And if he can secure, or if he has a chance to move up to get fields without moving into the top 10, or even if he does need to move in to number 10, I, I think it's going to be well worth it. I agree with you fully. And, and the, um, you know, going back to what you said, I, I really like, um, I like fields as my third best quarterback. I like him over Matt Jones. Um, personally, just because of the speed aspect, the ability to, to move around and you know a lot of the quarterbacks that we see right now you know kyler murray uh, lamar jackson i think he has a better arm than jackson and we'll see about him and murray but he's bigger and that's huge um so 
Um, but we're going to move on now to the um, NFC East. And in the NFC East, we're going to first well, start. If, if, I, if I could interrupt you for a sure, second. Sure, go ahead. You called it the NFC East. I think you mispronounced it, and it's the NFC Least. Oh, gotcha. Well, after, after last past, season, it was. Know. And, and, you know, the division that not the same team wins it almost every season, um, which is fun, right? As a, um, a Bucks fan, I guess it's the same way because the South always was a different winner for the most part um, almost every year. It's not like the dominant Patriots AFC East that was for so many years now that the Bills got a stranglehold this season. But, yeah, you were right. Um, but I was going to the Cowboys. The Cowboys, we've talked about Dak is back. He's got Zeke. Um, they have an up-and-coming tight end um, who didn't get as much play as he, did, uh, as he should have this year because of the quarterback issues. Um, their wide receiving core is, is complete. I don't think they really need anything uh, offensively when it comes to their skill positions. But I think their biggest need is offensive tackle. Uh, tackle, guard, they need to go get some offensive linemen, protect Dak, protect Zeke, and give him those holes. They've always had the best offensive line. That's what they always talked about. Uh, they're getting older, and I think that's where they need to really focus their draft stock. Um, they also need, do need a, a cornerback and a rush end. Um, so I do see them pro probably going in the first round with either uh, the tackle or the cornerback, and then get the opposite in the next round. Um, but I would not be shocked if Jerry Jones does some kind of crazy move and gets Kellen Mond. I, I don't know why. It's, is it the Texas in him or what? But I think he is going to get a, he, he's going to get a backup for Dak in case Dak ever gets hurt again. And I think he's going to go get Kellen Mond. And he's gonna need. He's gonna set up a controversy that doesn't need to be there. Even though Dak is definitely the starting quarterback, um, but I am. I, I don't know why, but I think Jerry's gonna go crazy on that. I mean, that's not too far fetched. He's a in-state guy. He replicated. Well, I'm sorry, Dak didn't go to Texas A&M. He went to Mississippi State. But uh, very similar build, very similar uh, quarterback profile in Kellen Mond, and I could I could see that happening in a mid-round selection maybe second third maybe fourth round uh jerry jones going that direction to get that insurance policy behind Dak. I, I i think you're you're not too far off with that so i'm gonna go ahead and talk about the philadelphia eagles now so they made some moves in the offseason also directly with the dolphins they were at the number six spot they moved down to the number 12 spot where the dolphins had been occupying a spot or with the niners and they acquired a future first-round pick in the process. The Eagles are making a big transition here from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts, who I've been talking about. I think, I think I've mentioned him on every single podcast so far uh, going into this coming season as far as being someone to keep on your fantasy radar at the quarterback position. And the Eagles have a lot of holes. They, the one position they are certain at, I think, right now is at running back. Tight end, I think they're pretty good. We don't know what's going to happen with Zach Hurts right now. I don't think he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle, but they still have Dallas Goddard. As far as the wide receiver position, they they invested high draft capital in Jalen Rager last year. They've got Greg Ward. Uh, they did have the breakout star in Travis Fulgham. 
However, I do think they still need a, another player at that position on the offensive side of the ball. They've got, they need help on defense too. They need some cornerback help. Uh, they do need some help on the offensive line also. And this is where it's going to be interesting where sitting at 12, you know, if Penny Sewell drops here, they got to go with him on the offensive line, the offensive tackle position to shore up the line, give Jalen Hurts a good advantage going into this year. And then they could address the, the wide receiver position in the second round with maybe uh, who's the guy from Clemson. I had at the top of my head. Let me pull up my oh, line. I lost his name. Uh, give me a minute. I was here. thinking of, of Terrence Marshall jr. From Ole Miss, the six, four guy. Yeah. 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 Um, I have the Clemson guy here and I lost it and I am going to be bugging out about that. So sorry about that. But what I kind of see happening at 12 is if, Jalen Waddle does fall down to number 12. I could potentially see that happening. I could see them bringing, linking up another Alabama guy with Jalen Hurts uh, and kind of reuniting that chemistry there. I, I could see Detroit really targeting a wide receiver. So I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, but that, as far as talking about fantasy purposes here, they do need a wide receiver. They're, isn't anyone at number 12 besides a waddle if he drops down there uh penny sewell will would be a huge upgrade for them on the offensive line if he's there uh as far as wide receivers though they, at that number 12 spot we're not really seeing anything so they're gonna have to invest in maybe in the second round third round uh Kadarius tony would be taking a big reach at number 12 if they went for him he's you know further down as far as value with at the wide receiver position but that's what I see that the Eagles need. They need to upgrade or they need to add another component, another weapon to that wide receiver spot or upgrade the offensive line, which will then really help out with Jalen Hurts' fantasy production, Miles Sanders' fantasy production, all of those wide receivers. If you ended up picking up Travis Fulgham in a keeper league and you're in, you're going to keep him going forward, it's going to help his value too. So it, it may not be a direct hit as far as bringing in someone that is a fantasy player themselves, but if they upgrade that offensive line, it will help everyone else directly. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're probably not um, at their position, the sexiest pick for a wide receiver. Um, and so I do see them waiting and, or maybe even using some of that draft capital they have and moving their way up back into the first round to get a, a better wide receiver, the Clemson wide receiver, um, Terrence Marshall Jr., or any of the other guys that are there um, in the late first round. So it's a possibility for all that. Um, you know, we're going to move into Washington. And, you know, Washington, I, I think they're not going to be very popular in the first round as far as for fantasy. I think they're going to go uh, get a defender. They're going to go get a cornerback, an offensive tackle, you know, protect, protect, keep protecting uh, Fitzmagic. And then I think the big situation will be in the second round. I do see them taking a quarterback. Um, you know, I hate for Fitzpatrick to be another quarterback, you know, with a guy behind him. But I do think that they're going to take, if he's there, either a Kyle Trask or a Kellen Mond um, in the second round, if those guys are there, because they need to have the guy in waiting. Because uh, Fitzmagic, it maybe is a year, maybe it's a year and a half, um, but he's not going to be there for three, four years. So, um, I think Washington's going to start to invest in um, a quarterback now that they have the wide receiver position pretty much locked up. 
Yeah, that's tough because I think they I think they do really value Taylor Heineke and I think they want him to be the guy going forward. But if if in the second round a guy like Kyle Trask is there, I don't see how they could they could turn that down to have a guy that isn't gonna have pressure to come in and start right away and can learn and sit behind fits and figure things out from there. I think that would be a wise move on their part. Um and that brings us to the New York Giants, right? And I'm going to – this is a tough one because they do need offensive line help oh so badly. Uh, they do need some help on the defensive side of the ball as well in certain positions. They, they That's one of the things that kept them in the – I say the playoff hunt, but the division hunt, which landed that would have landed them a playoff spot. Uh, they do need to help a little bit of depth on the offensive line. But what I see for them coming up in this draft is getting some – key components on the offensive side of the ball. One of the major things I think they need to do also is get some more depth at the running back position. We've seen that Saquon Barkley hasn't completed a season in a couple of years. So I think maybe targeting a guy, I don't know, like a, who's the guy from Ohio state, Trey Sermon, maybe in the third or fourth round to have sitting behind Barkley as an insurance policy. I think that could be something that, you know, if you're in those deep dynasty leagues that Trey Sermon could be someone that you keep an eye on if, if he ends up with them. With that first round pick, they're sitting at number 11. And I hate to say add a receiver to this bunch, but that's really what they need. I mean, if Barkley is healthy, he's a solid component. They've got Evan Ingram, solid component at the tight end position. Wide receiver, you've taken Golden Tate out of the equation. You're left with Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. So, and again, I'm saying this guy's name for the third time today, but He's the receiver that's going to likely end up coming out that's not Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith, and that's Jalen Waddell. I'm pretty sure he'll be sitting there at number 11. Um, if the Giants stay at number 11, I could see them taking Waddle and really having a nice core of three wide receivers there, along with Evan Ingram, who I think, in my opinion, is a, a top receiving uh, tight end, just hasn't really gotten – he's kind of been boomer bust for fantasy value. But I see that's where they're going to be going. They did also sign Kenny Galladay. So, you know, you're looking at maybe Shepard becoming becoming the fourth guy. If you have Waddle, Galladay, and Darius Slayton, or maybe Slayton and Shepard rotate there. But I see wide receiver being a position of need for that offense, along with adding some depth behind Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I, I was saying the same thing. You know, I thought that, um, you know, running back-wise, if they did go running back, you know, Javante Williams from UNC – um yep. you know that's a possibility they they do definitely need somebody because it showed as soon as Barkley went down they had no plan b they signed you know freeman he didn't do anything they just they didn't have an idea it was funny in my fantasy league um somebody spent almost all their fab money on Devonte freeman because they thought he was going to have a year and of course it was terrible so um you know uh I think the Giants are going to be one of those teams that really do uh, need some help going into this. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I was one of the people that benefited on that Devonta Freeman. I actually spent a little bit of fab to get him. And he had, I think he had like a, his first game looked like it could, he could be onto something. And I ended up flipping him right away for a draft pick coming up this year and got out, got out of that one quick. That's a good idea. Definitely a good idea. 
Well, we're going to do some quick who we pick, just something that we want to make sure uh, to talk about. Just what team from each division do you think um, is going to help themselves the most in this draft? And um, for you, Human, uh, just with the AFC East, who do you think is going to be the team of those four that's going to help them themselves the most in this upcoming draft? Well, let's be clear on this. We're saying who's going to help themselves the most as far as in terms of fantasy. In, yeah, in terms of fantasy. Who's going to come out of this draft, the NFL rookie draft, with the best fantasy pieces that you can use in this coming season? Correct. Okay, so of the bunch in the AFC East – Taking a look at what's there as far as what's going to be extracted from here, it's hard not to say Miami because they're in such a position to get a, a valuable piece with the draft capital they have. Because even if they don't, even if they do end up taking a wide receiver uh, like Jamar Chase, if they take Jamar Chase at number six or if they end up with Devonta Smith at number six, yeah, you're thinking in your head, oh, hey, they're going to a – team that isn't really pass reliant and their passer isn't totally proven with Intua and then you got a lot of mouths to feed with Devonta Parker Isaiah Ford um, and I can't think of the other guy that's kind of like a Devonta Parker clone um, and Mike Gusecki but a guy like Devonta Smith or J Jamar Chase is going to get targeted they're going to get those those targets from Tua and conversely speaking I think with the high draft capital they have in the second round, if some of those big-time running backs fall down to them, if a Najee Harris drops out of the first round or a Travis Etienne falls down, Miami has the capital to make that day-two trade to move up to the first pick or the second pick of the second round to get one of those guys if they should fall. And what did we see this season with Miami backfield? It didn't matter who was back there. They produced. Whether it was Salvin Ahmed, uh, Miles Gaskin. If I told you those two names at the beginning of the season, that both of those would be fantasy-relevant players, and not only that, but they would be players that would get teams into the fantasy playoffs, you would think I was crazy. So, to me, that's telling me that Miami has a great run offense. And if they're able to get one of these big-name guys to come in there and become that lead back, that, to me, is great fantasy value. Yeah, I agree with you, and, and I would say the Dolphins too because I think everybody else in that division, like the Bills are really just going to get somebody to to help out their position. It might not be a, a true target machine um, if they go wide receiver or something like that or another running back. Um, but uh, the Jets, I think, and the Patriots are playing the long game in this draft. Um, so I don't see them, you know, unless obviously Zach Wilson starts. Right away. Well, and that New England, I think, is I was kind of leaning towards taking them here in this because if they do end up with hypothetically Justin Fields, that's a game changer. Yeah, he's probably going to provide a lot of fantasy value. Um, and also, New England has the space available for a, a mid-round wide receiver to come in because this is a very deep wide receiver draft for rookies for a wide receiver to come in and, you know, become a wide receiver one in that offense. Well, for me, I'm, I'm going to look at the NFC East, and I feel like this is the same kind of feel for me for these guys. I feel like they're all going to be doing offensive line, defense. I think the person that's probably, for me, might have the best fantasy impact would be the Eagles, just because I think that they can find somebody 
that will actually start this season um, as far as your offense, offensive side. I do think the Redskins might might get a quarterback late. Oh, William, William. What? Your NFL is going to be contacting you in the mail with a fine, sir. Why is that? You use the name that shall not be named. Oh, I said the Redskins? And you just said it I'm again, I'm going to say too. it again. I, <laughs> the Washington football team. The Washington football team uh, is going to be playing a different different way when it's this draft. I don't think they're going to be doing the same thing with the Giants. I just think they're not they're not going to get an impact fantasy person this season. So I think for me, it's going to be the Eagles. Yeah, I'm between Philadelphia and the Giants here. Um, Philly, for the reasons that you mentioned and what we had talked about earlier, Washington, Dallas, if you look at their fantasy relevant positions right now, they're currently occupied by, you know, guys that are set in there. Uh, And they even have backups behind them who are pretty much entrenched as the backup positions, except for Washington. The only place I could see something happening is where they end up getting a mid round wide receiver. Um, I don't see them making a splash with a running back because they've already got that capital invested in Antonio Gibson and they've got JD McKissick behind them. Uh, That's why it kind of takes us to either Philly or the giants. And I'm actually going to go with the Giants here because if they do get, you know, another wide receiver, as crazy as it sounds, because I don't think they need a wide receiver, even though I talked about them needing a wide receiver, because I think Shepard and Slayton are great second, third options. And they've got Galladay, so it's hard for me to imagine them drafting a wide receiver. But if a guy like Jalen Waddell is there and – you've got those other pieces that are demanding attention by cornerbacks and defenses, then, you know, Jalen Waddle becomes a go-to receiver. Uh, or if that running back position, if they do take a mid round running back and, you know, Saquon doesn't stay healthy, then that person immediately becomes one of the top fantasy values. Uh, so that's why I'm going to go with the giants for my, who will you pick? Gotcha. Well, that was a little mini version of who will you pick? Um, we are going to, uh, go into the AFC and NFC West next week as we prepare uh, for that upcoming draft in the last weekend of April, first week of May. Um, and so we are um, getting ready to talk about the Chiefs a little bit, uh, Chargers. I think they're going to need some help. Um, but I, I think that next week's show is going to be a little bit, a uh, little bit more about the players on you know their skill positions. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. A uh, little bit of a West showdown here between the AFC and the NFC and seeing who we will pick. That's right. Well, uh, you know, like always, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and like, and have a great night. Cover two. Cover two.